How can we as moms and moms-to-be who are more overwhelmed and worried than ever about our kids find natural, safe, effective, and real-life ways to nurture and cultivate amazing human beings? That is the question, and here are the answers. This is the Parent Coffee Talk, and I'm Dr. Roseanne. I'm Dr. Cleopatra. Let's get started. everyone. This is Dr. Cleopatra. It's so good to be back here with you today. And I am with the amazing Dr. Roseanne as always. And today we have a very, very special guest with us. We have Chris Winfield of Super Connector Media with us today. Dr. Roseanne, would you introduce our amazing guest? I would be happy to. So this is my personal friend, Chris Winfield and a fellow, fellow East Coaster. He has many superpowers, but he's really known as, and he's trademarked as the super connector. He and I both just really enjoy people and we enjoy doing things for other people. And that's how he's built a wonderful business, uh, doing, helping people by getting the media. And um, he just does it in such a unique and authentic way. But he's an entrepreneur and he's also a productivity expert based in New York City, as I already said. He teaches people with how to use simple systems, use the Pomodoro method. I know you use one of your methods that you love to use and how these techniques help you to really focus as well as really know what you're supposed to be doing and help guide you. But he teaches business owners how to get 40 hours worth of work done in 16.7 hours. I'm obsessed with efficiency, so I'd love and to And I am too. That. <laughs> when um, you're a parent, totally. <laughs> um, he's a contributor for Inc. He's the host of his show for Entrepreneur Magazine. He has been in a lot of media, including Business Insider Time, Buffer, other top-tier publications. He's been featured in Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and NBC's Today Show, USA Today, ABC. I mean, just a ton and ton and ton. He has clients from all over, including people from Disney, By Brands, Virgin, Intuit, Cauliflower Foods, and other entrepreneurs like myself. And he helps really teach people how to build authority using media. So it's been a blessing in my life because my mission is to change the way we view and treat children's mental health. And it's happening, <laughs> right? It we were just so talking. Happening. It's happening. And just before you, so right, talking about how I did an interview for Voice of America that's going to go to 40 countries and translate into 46 languages. And that's going to have a ripple effect about children's mental health. And so I'm grateful and excited that you're here. So thank you. I'm super grateful to be talking to both of you. We, we talked for about 15 minutes before this, before even hitting record, because we had to catch up on Roseanne's media. It's, I was just saying that I get FOMO over it. <laughs> I'm like, where, where's all my, I own a media company. Like, why don't I have all this media? I swear to God, there's like every, we have a winds channel and she's in there every day. Like today was insider. And then like somebody else who's not even her direct publicist was like, it's syndicated everywhere. And then like, it's like yeah, it's wild. Well, but well, Chris Winfield, you are badass, and so am I. And that's yeah. part of part of that combination is a mini combo. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know my stuff. And, yeah. and I'm also super nice and professional. 
and very passionate about what I do. And so there's a lot of reasons. And kids' mental health, it's a shit show. I mean, so we need somebody to be a voice and a leader. And that's this girl. I'm going to make a difference. So thank you because you helped me so learn the making whole team. I was just going to say. Super Connector team is on yeah. that mission. And, I, and it's true. You are making a difference. And, you know, there's this one article that Dr. Rowe was in in the New York Times. And I have sent that to so many people. And I've referred back to it so many different times. It was like towards the beginning of all this and about like how to deal with disappointment, your children's disappointment when everything's canceled. It was so funny to me because the morning that that came out, even before I had seen it from our team, my mother sent it to me and I think also <laughs> my sister and then uh, somebody from awesome. my dad mastermind and which is just so interesting because like not uh, like there's that's not doesn't happen very often where the same thing gets and I was like oh my god I know this woman that's our, <laughs> so. that's our client that's Dr. Rowe wait so did you say that you're in a dad mastermind yeah. Um, I have never heard anyone talk about a dad mastermind before. Could you talk about... So another thing, part of Chris's title is that he's a dad. Mm-hmm. He has an 11-year-old daughter. Am I Ten right? 10-year-old, year old, almost 11. So tell us about the dad mastermind and being an entrepreneur and having a young child, please. Yeah. So we started that in 2017. It's it's very small. It's only four of us by design. And it's myself, a, a guy, an author named Todd Herman wrote a bestseller last year called Alter Ego Effect. Jonathan Fields, who hosts one of the biggest podcasts in the world, Good Life Project, and Ryan Lee, who has an energy bar company. And it's just the four of us. And we meet every 30, 45 days. It's been more since we've been in quarantine. Maybe we can just hop on Zoom and don't have to worry about travel schedules. And where it came from was the... We're all entrepreneurs. We're also all fathers. And there's... you know Sometimes in groups or especially around entrepreneurs, like the real focus will just be on the, the business and the hustle. And, you know, the money and, you know, for us, like a big part of our North Star, what guides us is being a father. And yeah. we wanted to think, have people that shared those same values. So yeah. even though we're very different people and, you know, we do very different things, we share the same values. And I think that's such an important thing. And, you know, in the value of being a father and being an active father, I guess, you know, being a father, anyone can be a father, but being an active participant and caring about that. It's not that we, when we meet, to be completely honest, I'd say 80% of the time is spent talking about business, but it's also, I know that the feedback that I'm going to get is going to come from the lens of a parent, specifically of a father. And that's a really important thing for me because 21-year-old kid in Silicon Valley or something is not necessarily going to be able to see things in the same way. And there are certain decisions that I have to make that are very different because I have a 10-year-old. And that's so that's where it comes from. And it's been an unbelievable gift in my life. That's actually where the this whole business came from, was them giving me feedback and seeing something that I didn't see. It's wonderful to have people in your life that see you, you know, for who you really are. And also to see your graces 
and to say, okay, have you ever thought about that? Because knowing that you've had multiple businesses over this year, you're, you know, years, you're an entrepreneur, like this is such your um, genius. Like it blends all your talents together. It's pretty awesome that your friends helped you to come up with that. Yeah. They pointed it out. They're like, why are you not teaching people what you know best? Yeah, at that time, I'd had a productivity business, but where I used media was throughout my throughout my career, because that's I had when I started my business. I was not meant to be an entrepreneur. I want to be clear about that. Like I didn't, I was not one of these kids at like eight years old with lemonade stands or selling baseball cards. Like every single person in my family worked in a school system. I did not come from a lot of money, a lot of opportunity, and. I went and I worked at a company and out of school. And I was the first person in my family to not work in a school. And then wow. I wound up, um, that company was a mess. It's a whole nother story. And I wound up starting my own first business and I had no money, no connections. I'm not saying that in an exaggeration. I literally had no money and no connections. And there was like 50 million other companies that did the same exact thing. That's how I found media. And uh, I wanted to build my authority through and my connections and my money. And I was like, all right, anytime I see somebody on TV, I'm like, I want to know that person. I want to work with them. That's a person. Same thing if I'm reading about them, like Dr. Rowe in New York Times. And I'm like, oh, that's the person I want to talk to. So I was like, how can I reverse engineer that for myself? And I wound up getting in an article in the New York Times. And the article was about, this was like 2003. It was like about work from home. And it had nothing to do with exactly what I did. But that led to so many other things. Because now I could say, I've seen in New York Times, they mentioned my company. I helped close sales and it led to all these other stepping stones. That's how I built every business that I ever had was through connections and media. And that was it. I had this other business and they said to me, like, why are you not teaching people what you know best? And I was like, I hate you guys. What do you mean? And <laughs> like, Anytime we describe you to people, we call you our unfair advantage. That's how we think of you because you're able yes. to connect us to somebody. You're able to make this happen. You know, I had to look at that. And that's the beauty of why it's so important about who you surround yourself with, because you want to make sure that it's people that can see your full potential, whether that's people directly in your life and friends, mastermind groups, people that you work with, you want them to see something bigger than you can see. At least that's what I always want. It's so easy for the opposite, for somebody to see something smaller for you or want something because you scare them and your success scares them. So I'm so passionate about that. And that's why community means so much to me. We say you make connections. We call you the super connector. Really what it means is he's a ridiculously nice human being because he goes out of his way all the time to do nice things for people. Like he totally does. When we had Dr. Roseanne was coming into town to LA and we were going to be having dinner and he created introductions and made it so that we had this most amazing dinner just because he was, he felt like like, you got to meet this person. Yeah. And And it ended up being so amazing, right? We had the most beautiful experience because Chris went out of his way to say, oh, I want you women to meet one another. So huge. We loved it so much. Thank and you. We've, actually, we've actually had Dr. Erin on the podcast and, you know, she's become she's an amazing awesome. friend. Yeah. Yeah. So she's great. She is. So, so along your journey, Chris, you have Vivian, right? So yep. you know, your daughter 
And, you know, we're moms. And this is why we really wanted you to be here because you are a very thoughtful person. And, and as you grow as an entrepreneur, there's only so many hours in the day. And really awesome opportunities happen. And it's like, yes. you know, we always talk about women having work-life balance, but we don't really talk about that for guys because sometimes guys yeah. really have to take that role or one parent takes a role. How have you been able to balance things? And also, would you speak to, just to add on to that question, how you've been able to balance it as your life has gotten bigger and bigger? Because you, I mean, you're you're so humble. You won't express the degree to which you have a really big life today, Chris. And so I would love to hear about how that's evolved for you and how you managed to flow with that evolution. The thing that I know is that my daughter knows that she's the most important thing in the world to me. Like, And I can say that there's very, 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 very few things that I can say with 100% certainty. But my daughter's knowledge of my love for her is something I can say 100%. So she has that. So she carries that around. That's how she goes into life. That knowledge that she is the most important person, that she's unbelievably special, that she's smart, she's beautiful. Like These are the things that I tell her every single day. Because it's another thing to add into this is that I am no longer with her mother and you know we co-parent together. So regardless of where I am, what's going on, and my daughter knows that she's going to wake up to, if she's not with me, she's going to wake up to a text that says something. Here, I'll read you what I wrote to her this morning. Good morning, sweet girl. I love you and your caring heart so much. You are the best ever exclamation point. You know, and I'll write things. Good morning, my love. I'm so grateful for you every single day. You're such an amazing person. I'm so amazed at how smart you are and how cool, funny, and beautiful you are. I love you. So she knows that. Like, there's no, like, there's, like, so she carries that into her life. So, my God, you just went up to here on my, like, awesome meter. It was already (laughs) you. Yeah. Chris, oh my God. So So important to tell people you really love them. So even when I can't like, and I think that's an important thing. So when, because we can't always be together where I co-parent and, but for her to always know that and for my actions to show that and to back that up. And by the way, uh, obviously it goes without saying I'm, far from perfect with any of this, but I know that, that she knows that that's the feeling so that she goes into everything. And I mean, because I know you guys are both experts with kids, you know, everything. And like the, you know, the dad and especially that father with a daughter and that relationships like that, that determines a lot of her other relationships in life. She knows that. So she knows, and like, it's never even a question. And I also know that 10, almost 11, which in New York City is probably like, you know, an 18 year old, but that she loves spending time with me, that she wants more of my time, you know, think about like, and I I realize what a gift that is. There's also there, this goes even deeper for me, because, you know, another part of my story is that I got sober nine years and five months ago. Um, And congratulations. Thank you. She was a year and a half, you know, and at a year and a half, I had, you know, essentially 
walked out. I'd moved to a whole nother state, all this stuff, because I was a mess, even though she was the most important thing to me. I couldn't show that. I couldn't ever act that. So when I wound up like a month later, getting sober and becoming such a part of her life, and, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, she wrote and like left me a little note and she like said, you know, thank you for always being there for me, daddy. And, you know, me being such an important part and her again, like just, I know that like, there's so few things that I can just look at and say like, yes, this is a hundred percent her oh feelings God. towards me. Yeah. That's one. Oh my yeah. God, Chris, this is so, so, so beautiful. The fact that she has that certainty and you have that certainty about her certainty is the thing that's been constant for you through all of this and through the evolution as your life has changed and grown. And you've taken these huge steps of becoming sober, showing up as the man and father you wanted to be for her and then growing your company and this, this, you know, creating and growing this new company that your friends, they had this big vision for you that maybe was even bigger than the one you could see for yourself right in front of you. That that is just so incredible. And Chris, you. you definitely, you know, I think one of the questions that Cleopatra had is like in this evolution, as you sort of had a, lots of wonderful opportunities have happened for you, you've even had to make some choices to pull back. Because you were spending too much time away from the people you loved. And I'd love to hear more about that because I think that, you know, we don't always think that dads do these things, but they do. My own husband, who my son has Lyme and Pans, turned down at least 15 job promotions so Mm -hmm. that he could make sure he didn't travel because Mm -hmm. my son's needs were great, you know, and it was wonderful for us. We were able to do that. Not everybody's able to do that. But sometimes, you know, you got to just prioritize. Yeah. And that was something that so interesting that hit me last year. I was on, I was coming back on a flight from LA and it was like the hundredth flight or whatever. And I is like in the middle of December and I just made that decision that I wasn't going to travel as much this year and I was only going to do one event and I, you know, was going to spend more time in New York City. I did never think that it would be this much time. (laughs) It's my fault. Um, So many people have said that I got what I was praying for. Oh, my God. I didn't mean for it to be like this. (laughs) Exactly. But that was one of the things. So I had to have that realization. And, you know, and I believe a lot of times that we learn these things, for me, at least in like a hard way, like, it wasn't that I was saying it coming at that, because I had had like, just came back from some long retreat and was so clear headed. I was exhausted. And I felt that I wasn't, you know, showing up enough. It's amazing for me, the difference that I see in my daughter when I am not traveling as much. Like I, there's a clear difference. And I think that it's a matter of constantly coming back and recalibrating and just remembering the important things, because I think it's also that there's different seasons, you know, there's different seasons for us in terms of, all right, I need to, I need to travel. I need to build this. I need to do that. And that's important because I live in New York city and 
you know, support two households. Like that's pretty expensive. Um, so that's one side. But at the other side, it was more about like, all right, I got to show up. I got to be there and, you know, be there more. And that, not even that I have to, I want to. And I think that that's, you know, the, the, the important thing to remember. I have a question about when you said, um, you know, there are seasons. I wonder if you have some wisdom and insight for, for dads, moms, for entrepreneurs in general about how you discern the seasons when you're in the middle of them. Because I think that if you're really growth oriented and really ambitious as all three of us are, that in every way, personally, in our companies, that it can be hard to see when you no longer have to be building and building. And when you can say, you know, I've done enough. I I think the moment that you can say the foundation I've laid is strong enough already. I can be a skyscraper now, which is a realization I just had this week. I think it's really interesting. Like what, what's your advice for knowing the season when you're in the middle of it? I think it, it always comes back to like, I always point at my stomach, like your intuition. I believe that we always know kind of where, what's the right thing. It just depends on if we pay attention. My intuition is pretty much always right. And it always comes down to, am I listening to it? Am I paying attention? Am I allowing myself to be distracted? And then the next part comes to like the people that we're surrounding ourselves with. And who are the ones that are really there for us that we can really like that, you know, all right, they're going to give me the advice because they care, not because there's something in it for them. I think that's another really important thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the, the shiny object syndrome is like, all right, how do I just stay focused and the, rather than like chasing something? So the long, the short of it is just like, I know, I always know. And it's always that feeling in my gut. I don't know if it's ever been wrong, but the only thing... you don't listen. Almost all the time. What I'm saying is like, if I paid, really paid attention to it, it's like even with people, like with employees, with like, even if it's like something that'll like, like I know, like, you know, still like, and this even happened like more recently, like where I knew for like a while and like, I just ignore it. And we all do it, Chris. We all do it. A hundred percent. That's the thing. And it's like, all right, so what am I doing to... Pay, get closer to that or pay attention to it. And, you know, and I think also the, for me at least, is like growth, like come through the pain a lot of times, unfortunately, mm-hmm. or fortunately, I don't know. And like, even with this, like this whole coronavirus pandemic and being in New York City and well, everything happening, and it, it's brought up a lot for me, like a lot, like a lot of shit. And there's a lot of that is just like, past traumas, living in New York City during 9-11, having different things happen in businesses, etc. It's really like, it's like, just, all right, I was thinking like, all right, nothing good is going to come out of this. Like nothing. Like this will be the one time that I have all this pain and nothing good is going to come out of it. And it already has, you know, like over and over and over. And it's just that remembering. I got to remind myself of that even when things are difficult. So important. And, you know, I'm all about trusting your gut, right? So I'm super intuitive and I I do listen to it most of the time and always have. And I feel really blessed because I know that sometimes I get a little, I get a little message from above sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I listen, but I also think women 
are much worse at listening to their gut, right? Because we are caregivers a lot. And so as a dad, like, how do you impart that knowledge to your daughter to trust your gut? Like, what kind of lessons do you give for, you know, because I think when we teach people this early, they get awesome at it because they practice. Yeah. Because they trust themselves and we give them permission to trust themselves. And I think yeah. that's so huge. Here's my favorite thing about my daughter in terms of like, if I've done a good job of raising her to be a strong, confident woman. And, you know, there's the term mansplaining, right? Where a guy will try to like take credit or whatever. She does that to me. (laughs) She will mansplain me. And she will tell, like, she'll take credit for something of mine. Like, it's amazing. Like, it's really an... It's really annoying, but it's also really amazing because I know that there's not like she's not going to shrink down. She's not going to think like she'll never think that a boy is better or anything because I've imparted that like I'm like boys suck. She mansplains me like she'll she's taking credit for my idea. Like I'll, I'll be telling her something. She'll be like yeah, I'm the one who told you. I'm like no, like <laughs> I, I knew that before you even existed and. You cannot take credit for that. Like I learned that when I was your age, like you were not around. So I think that's one of my favorite parts. And and for her to, you know, and she's really good about that in terms of, you know, another thing that we tried to do and make sure is that she wasn't doing something just because she had to. This was something I did a lot growing up where I had to do a lot of different things like play a sport or do this. And, you know, my parents wanted me to, and they had good reasons for it. It made me be miserable a lot of times. And, you know, she was a really amazing swimmer and she didn't have any fun. It wasn't any, you know, she didn't like it and she didn't want to be on the team anymore. And we let her not do it. And, you know, she said, because she said, it's just not fun. And she was like an eight year old kid. And, you know, like that should be a big, important part of their life is having fun and feeling good. Mm-hmm. You know, and I learned a lot from her. There's a, one other story you just triggered is that she wants uh, I wanted to do something with her and I wanted to go take her to a movie and she did not want to see this movie. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like if that, if I was your age, like I would, in my father wanted me to go to a movie, you know, like one of those things like, oh, this is how it was for me and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, I, and I had to always do whatever they said. And she said to me, she's like, why didn't you stick up for yourself? Ooh. Yeah, this was like... a strong woman. A couple of years ago. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, if you didn't want to do it, why didn't you stick up for yourself if you didn't think it was something good? And wow. I was like, oh my God, like you're eight and you like, it took me like 40 years to learn that. Um, <laughs> so... Um, well, I think it all really starts with following your gut. Like if you follow your gut, just like you said, you pretty much are okay most of the time, you know, and you do that with relationships and work and everything you can think of. If you do that and you always really try to be kind to people, you're golden most of the time. You it's know? hard to go wrong. It's so true. That it's is so go, true. It's hard to go wrong when you kind of do those things. But, you know, you raising a really empowered young woman. That must feel like a huge accomplishment, like your most important accomplishment. 
Yeah. And you're doing that when you, you know, but, and also building <laughs> yet another successful business at the same time. And yet you learn to scale back is one of the questions Cleopatra had, you know, when you go big and you mentioned reducing your events and what he's talking about is he has this really cool event called unfair advantage live. And it's really fun. And it used to be three times a year and boy, it was three days of a good time, a lot of dancing a lot of just a pip. It's pretty darn awesome. And you scaled it back to once in a year. And I think that kudos to you to something that was really successful. But I can't even imagine the year round planning that had to go on for three events. I know. And, that I, was and it's in New York City. So I mean, it's just even another layer. And mostly paleo food. So I love that. That's awesome. Oh, it's awesome. But I'm saying it's like another layer in there too. It's not like he's getting chicken nuggets. Not that he ever would, but stuff with great speakers and just a lot of events. But I think when you said you see a difference in your daughter, you know, mm -hmm. I'm guessing you're seeing the communication is different, the wanting to spend time. What are you seeing with her that gives you the awareness that? your reduced travel is helping your relationship. Cause I know the answer for my own kids. You know, when I yeah. travel a lot, they're annoyed when I come home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a, it's a really good. And there, yeah, there's like a resentment yeah. and mm -hmm. it's like, all right. And I think it's like a subconscious thing. Like, all right, I'm not going to let my guard down or get yeah. you comfortable or mm -hmm. whatever. You know, what happens is that, that she does get comfortable and, you know, she allow, it allows her to just, I, I think for a kid, like certainty is important. And especially yeah. like now it's like hard because there's so much uncertainty. And yeah. I think her knowing, you know, just like me being around is, is just such a good, important thing. And I think it's just like a exhale type of situation. Yeah. 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 Chris, as we wrap up and, you know, we're, we have a lot of moms that listen and hopefully dads too, but any parting words, any tip as you look back in parenting, you know, whether you have a son or a daughter, but in your case, you have a daughter that is something that you wish you had started earlier as a parent. I don't know if there's anything I wish I started earlier. I think that the, some of the things that have been so important for her and for me are a gratitude practice and really living that. And, you know, there's certain things that like, I'll let her watch any movie, whatever, like she's very, like, I don't get crazy about that. Like the things that I really care about are how you treat people. So she, there's, it's amazing. Like I see kids like her age and stuff who are just rude or don't say thank you. If you're holding a door, She's like unbelievably polite. She, you know, makes people feel amazing. So like that was something, having gratitude and really being appreciative for things and, and just like having that kind heart and really just this idea that she can do anything and that whatever she wants to do that she can accomplish. So like, I didn't, you know, I didn't really have that belief for most of my life. I didn't, you know, I, I just thought that there was like, certain things that I could do and most that I couldn't do when it came to like accomplishing or, you know, even like, I didn't even think I would ever live in New York city. You know, I'm from like an upstate town in New York, small town. And, but like just that belief and like having and, and encouraging that, I think that that's like the, some of the greatest gifts I can give her and just mm -hmm. being somebody who's fun. And, you know, I think fun and enthusiasm and kindness are underrated. And oh my gosh. Fun is underrated. I try to fun have a fun underrated. wherever I go. 
<laughs> I know you do. That's you how, do that's how we bonded. That's exactly. why everybody wants you back. I'm like, yeah. but exactly. no, you're right. And thank you for saying that. Cause I think also too, when we work and we get busy, we forget to have fun. You know, I see mm. people having really creative ways that they're doing fun in quarantine and hopefully they'll recalibrate and make sure that's part of it. And um, Cleopatra and I, we do dance parties regularly with our kids oh, and our spouses right. and, so um, good. you know, we try to really have a good time, you know, yeah, like, and that's important, you know, and kids remember that. They don't they remember do. the stuff. They do. They remember the experiences. So exactly. that's so really important. But thank you for sharing your parenting journey with us and your time. You know, Chris, I love this that. is so amazing. We're so happy that you're here. I know our mamas and papas will enjoy this so much. And would you tell us where people can learn more about that your your once yearly event that is now just once a year um, about where they can connect with you? Please share. Sure. Um, Instagram, Chris Winfield, C-H-R-I-S-W-I-N-F-I-L-D. And my company is superconnectormedia.com. Yeah. And we'll have all that in the show notes too. Exactly. And your event is called Unfair Advantage, which by the way, I just have to say, I love because I always tell my mamas when we're creating positive epigenetic change for fertility that also gets transmitted to our children. I tell them that we're giving our babies and grandbabies an unfair advantage that we want everyone to have in this world. So I I love that so much. So that's the name of the event, Unfair Advantage. And it's being hosted in May annually, not this May, but in general, is that? Yeah, it'll be in the fall this year. (laughs) Okay, in the fall because of unforeseen circumstances. Yes. It has been such a pleasure to have you here. Wow. What a blessing you are to your daughter. And obviously she's a tremendous blessing to you. And what a blessing you are to entrepreneurs whom are being connected and who are getting to help more people because you're helping them share their message more broadly. I hope to be one of those people in the future when my book is coming out. I'm so excited to work with you all in the future. And thank you so much for being here and sharing with us just in such an honest, real way. I've loved it. Thank you. I Yeah. When I met Dr. Rowe initially, right away, we were like just soul, yes. soul relationship. Like, and we're like, all right. And it's been like that. And then when I got to meet you, Cleopatra, same thing. I think yeah. you guys are both just amazing people and super grateful for the work that you do, um, improving families around the world. So I don't know if there's anything more important than that. I feel the same way. Well, thank, thank you. you for sharing thank your you story to help the family. Appreciate it. Well, we love yeah. you and we're going to see you soon at when we get outside of quarantine. Yes. That's it. That's party, party at the Hodges. That's, That's right. It. I'm there. I'm coming for retreat. <laughs> Have a it. great day, everybody. Bye, Bye guys. So thank you. With you. Bye, everybody. Thanks, Chris. Hi there, precious mama. This is Dr. Cleopatra, the fertility strategist and the executive director of the Fertility and Pregnancy Institute. I cannot wait for you to come over and visit us at fertilitypregnancy.org. And I want you to make sure that you stop in and you download the free ultimate fertility checklist. You will learn so much about your fertility that no one has ever told you before, including 
about the primester and epigenetics during the primester. Don't waste another moment without coming to see us at fertilitypregnancy.org. Every single day matters when it comes to preserving, extending, and igniting our fertility and ensuring that we get to have as many super babies as our heart desires when it's the right time in our lives. I'll see you there. Sending you so much love and warmest wishes, and I'm sprinkling all the baby dust in your direction for whenever you want it. 